Hello and welcome to Walk the Walk. Have you ever been in a situation where you have found yourself unequally yoked? Now, for a lot of people, that just doesn't really mean much of anything. Well, if I have a friend who doesn't believe the way I do, um, I just, I shun them. They're no longer my friends. We just can't get along. So I just get rid of the friendship. But sometimes... Those friendships are your marriages. And as a pastor's wife over the years, we have seen many, many situations where a husband and wife um, are unequally yoked. But a lot of times those situations start out that way, where they don't quite believe each other's faith, they don't agree with each other, but they still get married. And many of those probably wouldn't get married if they knew what was about to come. Being unequally yoked is a very serious thing. Maybe not quite as serious in a friendship because you can just say, well, we just can't be friends or we can agree to disagree and continue on in the friendship, but we'll never talk about religion or politics. Um, I have friends like that where... We just cannot talk about those things because it never ends up good. Never. There's always an argument. I had a situation where a friend of mine, we split up for several years, and it was over religious um, um, thoughts. And this person did not agree with my religion. And, And that was okay in that sense, except for when it came down to being insulting and to the point where I could not keep that relationship in my life. We have since come back together with the agreement that we will not talk about faith and politics. Now, we have, and we know that there's a line that we get too close, we have to back off. Now, I know for some of you are saying, well, why would you keep that person as your friend? Because you just never know. I mean, you never know when God's going to work in that person's life through me. So I have to keep myself open, and I have to try to be more like Jesus than like me, which we know that can be very challenging. There's a story in the Bible that I kind of relate to um, to this, and it's in, in this week's blog, you're going to see it. It's called Watch the Friends That You Keep. And I think what happens is a lot of times we don't realize Um, The friends that we keep really can kind of seep into your life. And before you know it, you're like, well, that's okay, and that's okay. And before you know it, you have then just turned on your own faith just to keep a friendship alive. Not only that, but friendships can also be with your family. And we know that there are situations where you will as a faithful Christian, may extend the boundary just a little bit to kind of keep them in your boundaries of faith to the point where you're kind of crossing over the line, to the point where you're giving them the wrong message of, you know what, it's okay. It's okay. God loves you. I love you. Um, Keep doing what you're doing and see where that gets you. And we know where that will get somebody who is um, doesn't accept the word of God as the truth.
So what is it about these unequally yoked situations that get us in trouble? And I think that what I just said was obvious that one of the two persons in the relationship are generally weaker. It could be you as the Christian. It could be the the other partner. In marriages, it's really tough. I know. We fall in love with somebody. They're the one. They're the one that I asked Jesus to bring into my life. And I was driving down the road and I said, the next car that pulls up beside me, that person is going to be my husband. Now, I know that sounds a little absurd, but we kind of do that where we say, Lord, just bring that person into my life. And then all of a sudden, somebody who's unequally yoked shows up. And you're like, well, that's the fleece I put out. That's who God put in my path. Sometimes those things could be a good um, example of testing you. Love is strong. But sometimes love can make us make bad decisions or cause us to have bad decisions or to make bad decisions. Sometimes we think this is what God wants, but we don't really test it. Now, how do you test those types of things? Well, of course, if you're just in a relationship and you're just dating, you know, and you know, this is not the one. But if you find somebody that you think is the one that could possibly become your husband or your wife, if you're a man listening to this, if that's somebody that you think this could be the one, a discussion about your faith is necessary, very necessary, to the point where you need to have that discussion before you can make any kind of commitment. And if you let that love thing go on just a little bit too long, I can guarantee you this, you're probably going to talk yourself out of talking to them about it and think, you know, someday, someday, they'll go with me to church. Well, it's okay that they don't go with me to church. That's okay. As long as I go and they're okay with me going, that's fine. Or it comes to a situation where you're tithing or giving to the church and that partner's in control of the finances and they're like, we're not giving our money to the church. And I, and I know of situations where that have happened, has happened where the faithful person wants to do what God has called them to do but that other partner that they're in the relationship is so strong. Their, their, their pull is so strong on you that you cannot do what it is that God wants you to do. And that can become very, very, very serious. Meaning, I've seen people get divorces over that very thing. Or you've allowed that relationship to go on to the point where they have control over what you do. You still go to church, but they don't let you do what you want to do. And then eventually you have children. This is where you start to see problems get even worse. It's hard. It's very hard. And, and it doesn't seem very serious. or It's benign at first. And then eventually when your relationship strengthens with Jesus, you find yourself stuck. I like the story in the Bible, and I don't know if I like it, but it's, it's really powerful in my mind. And it comes from Numbers 16, 1 through 50. Now, um, at this point, Moses and Aaron has, have been leading the people to the promised land. 
And there's a group of people led by a person by the name of Korah. And Korah becomes very angry. We haven't gotten there. We aren't getting the food that we want. And he becomes angry at Moses and Aaron. And he insults them like, you think you're all that. and You, you haven't done what God has promised for us. And, and so, you know, of course, Moses has probably had all he could take of all the people complaining and crying and whining all the way through that he tells them that you need to come before God. And at one point, Korah is like, we're not. We're not doing that. You're not telling me what to do. And then at one point, God tells Moses and Aaron, you stay away from these people. Because Korah had a following. And I called those viruses. When you, um, I used to be a college professor. And there would be times where a student would be angry at me for whatever reason. Whatever reason. They would be angry at me. And then their virus would influence the other students to be angry at me. And then before you knew it, everybody was angry at me. But nobody really knew why they were. Except for the one initial person. But they had so much influence on the other students that they had this virus. That's exactly what I say about Korah. He was a virus. And he convinced these other people that Moses and Aaron were dictators and and not doing what God wanted them to do. So God said, stay away from them. Get away from them. And he sucked open up the earth and sucked these people and the people that followed him right into the ground. It's so eerie. Every time I read that, I could just hear this rumbling of the ground opening up and all of these people, men, women, children, animals, anybody that had any association with Korah were sucked into the ground and it closed up and swallowed them alive. That is so eerie to me, but it's just a great example of watch out who you are calling your friends. Watch out to the relationships that you're establishing. Because people are really good at convincing other people that they know what is right, but not what Jesus says. If you're a Christian hearing this and you're finding yourself crossing that that line, you need to need to get in check. You need to get, if you're in a relationship that you're thinking in the back of your mind, don't you worry, I'm going to win this person. I'm going to win their soul for Jesus Christ. You need to get that in check. Because I'm telling you, there are times when that person's soul will not be won for Jesus Christ. Think about this. Hell is here for a reason. And there are people that will go to hell. Do not allow you, yourself, to be one of those. Check your relationships. Most importantly, keep your relationships strong with Jesus Christ.